Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks and 250 podcast Stephanie Wesco my co-host my friend can you believe we've recorded 250 podcasts no it's pretty incredible yeah it's I don't incredible. I don't know what's going on with that you know I mean how did that happen it just uh wow wow so so Stephanie and I were just talking so she has uh as you know, we're always talking about Thor. So Stephanie may be coming up with a way to get more pictures of the kids with Thor. One of the toughest pictures of any day is going to be Emmy line uh, with Thor because Emmy's afraid of Thor because Thor is like six feet tall now. And Emmy's only like three feet tall, uh, three and a half feet tall, <laughs> maybe four feet tall. Emmy's tall. All right. She's passing her brother already or next up in the chain of command. But uh She's and she's hefty. That's the thing about Emmy. She's Stephanie is tall and skinny. Yeah. Emmy is um this little yeah chunker. She Everything, is. You know, when you're four and you're filling in six X clothes, there might be. You know, I never did that. Just so you know, she's gonna be taller than me by the time she's five. Yep, she will. Well, and, and Stephanie, so all my kids decided to grow feet. You know, they're constantly growing their feet. And Stephanie is now, I'm having to buy her size four. Her size three shoes are all getting too small. And um, so I'm wondering, you know, I'm like, if she's in a size four at 10, wow. Yeah. I'm not sure where her feet will end up by the time she's full grown. Neither do I, but I know uh, this is all I know that, that uh, Emmy is a chunk of a human being, that she's solid. Uh, there's not a lot of fat going on there, and, uh, and she's, uh, she's loud. She lives life out loud. Well, that's because she has seven older siblings. <laughs> yeah, you can hear her from 50 yards at any given point. But here we are on Psalm 54. Uh Psalm 54, and I, I love Psalm 54. I love where we're going. Uh, it was great coming out of Psalm 53 and talking about what a fool looked like, somebody using the mirror of the Bible, using the mirror of salvation, using the Holy Spirit of God. And it was pretty cool to have Debbie come in and visit here on Psalm 54. But as we start, I want to start here in verse number one, in all caps, in verse number one, uh, that very first word that says, Save me, O God, by, by, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them, Selah. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all the trouble, and mine have seen his desire upon mine enemies. And uh, you know that my life verse comes uh, 
from Psalm 34, 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And here we are with David talking about being delivered, being saved, being taken care of, uh, given, given an eternal promise. And, uh, and, and, you know, right out of the beginning, Stephanie, that first verse, save me, O God, by thy name and judge me by thy strength. So he's saying, you know, right out of the beginning, it's not about me. It's, you know, that's the way we go to a wonderful God. That's the way we approach a wonderful God. Save me with your name, God. Save me, uh, you know, save me with, and judge me by thy strength, not mine, because I fall weak. I mean, uh, what hits you when you see verse number one there? Well, I think it's verse one is is a cry of dependence and it's a cry of faith. Um, you know, I was just reading here in my Bible where it talks about this was written when David was being betrayed again hmm. um, by people. Um, he was hiding in their midst and they go to Saul and tell him. And David cries out to God here. And, you know, this psalm, it's amazing to me, um, the older I get and the more I go through scripture, um, the more I go through Psalms, there's times I'm like, whoa, this is, you know, you're picturing a scenario in life. You're picturing part of what God has allowed in your life. And this is just, this is a cry of dependence. It's a cry of God help me to sum it up in three words. And um, I love this Psalm because it's just down to earth practical. You don't need a concordance to understand this psalm. Um, it's just so much where where we live when we have been betrayed, where we live when people that um, we live with or live, you know, in this case, he says, for strangers are risen up. People David doesn't even know are betraying him and turning him in, so to speak. And he's just looking to God. And <laughs> I love at the end of verse 3, it kind of reminds me of, of the concept of Psalm 53 it says they have not set God before them. Yeah. And these people that were going after David did not have a fear of God. We look at Saul. Saul was a fool. He, he purposely chose to turn his back on the God, he, uh, the God, his God, the God of his fathers. And it's interesting to me. And I think it's important to remember that when you are being attacked, when you are going through those betrayals, through those times of feeling like, what have I done? Um, you know, I've said this to you, what did I do to make them hate me so much? What did I do to make them so ready to, in a sense, turn me over, um, betray my trust, whatever. And to come to that point, that's where David was. He's like, God, I don't know why I don't understand this, but to remember that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not fighting flesh and blood. And the bottom line is they, these people, they have not set God before them. They have lost that fear of God and right. they've been consumed with themselves. And I think that's what David's saying here. Yeah. And it goes back uh, uh, to that last verse, the fool have said in his heart that there is no God and he's being dealt with by fools. And it's, it's these Ziphites. If you go back in biblical history and you look at that and those whole first three verses are, you know, David's in great danger again. And we find him here all the time. 
And I'm glad about that. I'm glad that David keeps on talking about it to us when great dangers around him, when, when things aren't going exactly as he wants. And, you know, on this sunny morning this morning, and we look at these things and we know that David has uh, been through some pretty terrible things. And no matter what's going on in our life and what's going on in our nation with our new president and our new things, that there's a God we can go through, that He's we want him to judge us by his word, by his strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers, as Stephanie was just reading, have risen up against me. People I don't even know, people are talking about me, and, and friends, just to be totally uh, transparent and upfront with you, and, and uh, you know, there's danger sometimes from within. Even Stephanie, I had a call not too long ago where a preacher had said to another preacher that we were marching Stephanie out or doing something that was nefarious at best in our ministry because Stephanie was working with people. And, 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 you know, Stephanie, this just gets down to what David's talking about. There's knuckleheads among us that people will say anything, that people will seek out the Saul's in your life, that a whole group of people go say, Hey, Saul, let's get him. You know, let's, let's get rid of David. And, 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 you know, David's backpedaling, he's struggling for his life and, and uh, all these things are going on. And there's some people listening to us today who feel that way. They feel like, Man, there's people at church that are talking about me. We, we're working with people right now, several. Uh, one of the ladies I'm working with right now, they, they, they're missionaries, and I'm working with her and her husband, and, and, and they're going through it with their sending church. What a time to go through something is when you're on the mission field with, with your sending church. But the, the point is, you go to the God, uh, you go to the God of heaven, you go to the almighty God, you go to the one true and living God, and you seek him for help, you seek him to bring you to that next stage, you seek him, and, and then comes the turning point, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about, Stephanie, here, is these, mm -hmm. uh, this verse number four kind of stands all by itself in my Bible, I'm trying to find somewhere it doesn't, but look at it, it says, behold, God is mine helper, the Lord is with them that uphold my soul, and it's saying right away, he uphold my soul, he, he sustain it, he's the one, and what do you get out of verse four? Uh, David's saying, you know, I'm going through all this stuff. People are bad-mouthing me. They're nefarious. They're, they're out after me. They're, they're using my arch enemy, Saul. They're doing all these different things against me. And then we get down to that, but behold, behold, it's saying. What, what does that mean to you? Well, I think the first that first line is powerful. David is making a declaration, a, a, a by-faith declaration. It says, God is mine helper. And there is something powerful about being in the midst of trials, being in the midst of betrayal, being in the midst of being slandered behind your back, of being able to say, behold, God is mine helper. And um, I was just talking with a widow last night who's going through some extreme trials, um, her and her kids. And I, I was trying to encourage them that when they pray to God, they're praying to the God who, who promises he is the helper of the fatherless. They're praying to the God who cares in a special way about them. And God cares about us when we are in the midst of serving him and people who are choosing to be controlled by their flesh being choosing, they're giving place to the devil in some way, shape or form to come to the point of attacking um, another Christian like this. And to say, behold, God is mine helper. And then the second part of the verse is very interesting because it says the Lord is with them 
that uphold my soul. And this verse, this part makes me smile because um, there are a lot of Christians who want to look like they're your friends, but they also love to play the neutrality game of, oh, I'm, I'm just neutral. And it's like, no, I don't see, it, don't, it doesn't say the Lord is with them that are neutral. It says, God, the Lord is with them that uphold my soul. In other words, they're involved. They're involved in encouraging me. They're involved in supporting me. They're involved in, and you know, when I think of David, you know, he had that, that band yeah. of men that yeah. followed him that he knew he could count on. He could trust them. They were supporting him. And he makes a very strong statement that God is with them. And I see here the importance of standing behind those that we know when they're going through slander, when they're going through accusations. I think I see here God using David to make a very clear statement that it's time to rise up. It's time to get up and bear one another's burdens. It's time to make a difference by standing behind those that we love who are going through trash. Let's not play the neutral game of, oh, you know, we just want to stay friends with the whole world. No, let's let's be friends and stand behind and support those as David's men did when he was going through betrayal and going through trash. Um, I think that's th- those are just two powerful things that come out of verse four to me. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and you know, I, I've always hated it when a pastor will say to me, I, you know, there'll be a husband and wife and, uh, and they, they, you know, one of them has been abused, generally the wife. And, you know, they go to the pastor and the pastor says, I'm not taking sides. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's probably the dumbest comment that anyone could ever make. Of course we take sides. Yeah. Uh, we serve God. We serve a wonderful God. We're, we take sides. We, uh, we're on God's side. If someone's not godly, I don't care if there's a hundred members of their family in the church. We need to fix that. And yeah. uh, we take sides. And then we get to five, six, and seven. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble. And mine eye have seen his desire upon my enemies and and you know so we get to the point where he's praising the lord where he's saying what god's going to do in his life but more important than that he's trusting what god's going to do in his life so i mean we got to get to that point friends that as we go through the junk in our life and as we deal with the things that gum up our life and as we get stuck with those things we got to stop and realize that uh, you know, we got to get to that point where we realize that God's going to take care of that. The battle is the Lord's, it says in First Samuel. It, it's saying over here that that God's going to reward them for the knuckleheaded things they're doing to us, that, that God's going to take care of those things. And sometimes when we can't take care of things on earth, you know, and, and let me say this, Stephanie, and I know I always say that, but separation is real. And if yeah. you're if people are affecting you and your family and they're not right with God and they're not godly, get away from them. Uh, I mean, you yeah. need to, you need to separate from knuckleheads like that. And if it's your husband or your wife who's a knucklehead, you need to get biblical counseling from your pastor or some other pastor. And by the way, I'm going to say this. If your pastor is the one who's going to be a knucklehead, uh, it's time to find another church. 
And uh, if the leadership of the church or the deacons of the church are the problem, if they're the ones being knuckleheads, we need to find another church. And that's just the reality of life. That's what it looks like. That's where we are. Um, those are the tough things. Those are the uh, things that we have to go through. And I mean, so Stephanie, we're popping down here. We're seeing them praise the Lord. We're, we're, we're seeing them talk about what God's going to do for them. And what do we walk away with that? Wow. Well, I think it's important to remember that David ends this psalm with praising God. He, he ends this psalm with the eye of faith. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. And I think it's important, doesn't say mine eye hath seen my desire. Mine eye hath seen his desire. And there's a confidence here. David knows God is a righteous judge. And he's asked God to deal with these who have come, come after him. And he says, God, you're going to take care of it. Yeah. And um, recently I went through something where I had to come to this place where everything in me um, wanted to, you know, the sin was confronted. Um, the sin was not repented of. In fact, it was defended blatantly. And, you know, so it, you come to that point of you almost just want to slap them and just say, how can you do this? How can you choose to be so blinded? And then you come to these Psalms and the Lord brought me to this um, in those in those um, days. But of saying, God, you know, you see, you're my helper. And Lord, I'm trusting you. You're going to deal with this. And would you have your desire? And we know that the desire is that obviously men would repent. And um, if they're Christians, repent of the sin they're involved in. If they're unsaved, obviously salvation. Um but ask God to deal with it and, and putting it in his hands. And David had to, you know, there's a reason there's a, a lot of Psalms. David had to do this over and over and over. This isn't a one-time event. So go to the Lord, make him your hope. I think that's the bottom line. Make him your helper, make him your hope and, and let his hope be that joy that gives you the strength you need to keep going. Um, David didn't just quit because he was being attacked. He said, no, God, you're dealing with this. I'm going to keep doing what you want me to do You could because you're my helper. So I think that's an important place to come to. No, I, I think you're right. And, and I think that, you know, trusting in God, believing in God, selling out to God, uh, I mean, it changes things. And, you know, we see it's all through the Bible. I was thinking of Deborah this morning, uh, trusting God, uh, you know, through the demands in life and, uh, you know, a difficulty came to her, and, and she was one of those talented judges, wonderful people, and uh, she was a leader, and, uh, you know, a wife and a mother, and she courageously led her people in battle. She inspired them and got them through, and, you know, every day we work demanding jobs. Every day we're going through the junk. Every day we're dealing with the things in life uh, that stink every single day. And uh, especially, you know, those of us who deal with this thing called PTSD, those of us who deal with struggles in life, those of us who deal with, and every one of us deal with disappointments, every one of us deal with ways we've been let down, every one of us deals with uh, all those types of things. But in the midst of this, if we trust God, oh, the blessing that comes out of that. And, and I think that's what's going on with, with David here is faith in God. You know, it brings great comfort. It, it makes us cheerful. 
it, it gives us something to cheer about. It gives us something to, um, you know, live for. Because sometimes, you know, I, I have a friend of mine that I heard from last night. His wife just left him like three or four years ago. She's remarried, has kids. Her life has moved on. This guy's just sitting at home trying to work enough jobs to pay child support. And uh, there's nothing in his life. And I said, when was the last time you were in church? When was the last time you put your faith in God? When was the last time you did these things? And he couldn't give me an answer. And the reality is, no matter the circumstances, no matter where we find ourselves, David's not in a real great place right now. But wherever we are, we got to turn it around from the fear. We got to turn it around from the craziness. We got to turn it around from the anger and give all that to God and put our trust in God. Because we can look at things and say, man, you know, my wife divorced me. She's already remarried. There's no chance at this. There's no chance at that. There's no chance at this. Or you can say, God's got this. It's time for me to move on. It's time for me to get my feet back up underneath me again. It's time for me to yoke up with a church. I don't want to forsake the assembling as some do. I want to be part of a church. I want this part of my life. I want to move out smartly. I know there's changes going on. I know there's things going on. I'm going to trust in God. And I think that's, I think that's where David's going. I mean, what are you thinking, Stephanie, in a practical way? How would you wrap this up? Well, I think Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 comes to mind. David was an Old Testament saint. He didn't have Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. But Paul tells us that we need to lay aside the weights and the sins. But those weights, you know, weights are not sins. Yeah. Because Paul lists those things separate. So weights are those things that are situations maybe we haven't chosen. We have not. They're not something we chose to put in our life. Um and David didn't choose choose here to be betrayed. No one chooses betrayal. Um, no one chooses to be, so to speak, you know, the people that you would trust um, are willing to stab you in the back. You know, we don't choose those things. But we're told to lay aside the weights that easily beset us so that we can run with patience the race set before us. And I think just to put it in our terms today, you have to make that choice to look unto Jesus, lay aside the weights by faith. It's not something you can do in your flesh. By faith with the Holy Spirit's help, lay aside those weights and run with patience the race set before you. There it is, friends. And that's what we got to do. We got to run with patience. Now, I got to tell you, this is kind of a tough song to pick right here, Stephanie, as we're I got it. You've got it. Now, what do you have? So it's Ron Hamilton's song, My Hope is Jesus. You know, when in doubt, pull Ron Hamilton music out. Yeah, I think this is a, that's a good song too. I, I like what Ron does. So why don't you go ahead and sing that for us this morning? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is Jesus, the anchor of my soul, the ruler of this universe, 
the one who's in control. He saved me and he will keep me till the end. The rock of my salvation on Christ I will depend. My hope is Jesus. And, and folks, let us recommend Ron Hamilton to you as you listen to your music and they allow us to sing a song once and to use it during a service like this. But I recommend that you go out to YouTube and look up Ron Hamilton's songs and just enjoy them. I, I think we're getting to a place where Stephanie's going to do Bow the Knee for us real soon. Hey, listen to every word Eric has to say this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.